It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, bestifyoudon't.com. Fall of America's Greatest Teacher. Strike one. The first run against my interest in making Fox High School my working forever home was the existence of staff called curriculum coaches. Our principal shirked a lot of her managerial responsibilities out to these two former teachers whose work amounted to run-of-the-mill corporate quality management. QM was my least favorite part of working in Arizona's behavioral health system and quickly became my least favorite part of working in Arizona's charter school system. I get that internal auditing needs to exist in some capacity, but when a full-time staff is paid a lofty sum to manage quality on a daily basis, they're going to come up with unnecessary criticism to justify their own existence. Of the two curriculum coaches, mine was a hefty woman who enjoyed speaking out against the COVID-19 vaccines. She caught COVID early in our time working together, so I didn't have to deal with her much, but eventually she came back with increased cognitive dissonance. We were already up to the Omicron variant with its famously less intense symptoms, so my curriculum coach's recovery only supercharged her QAnon belief system. I received another break from her mandatory mentoring when she wrapped her car around the start of the concrete barricade at the freeway's off-ramp because she was texting while driving. Does this sound like somebody from which you wish to receive professional advice? I ignored my QAnon coach as much as possible, but her random 10-minute observations of my teaching and her follow-up critiques rubbed me the wrong way every time. Another way curriculum coaches made a hard job stupid was with their contributions to our professional development meetings. Thankfully, compared to the daily PD meetings we had at the Hummingbird Academy, Fox High School only had infrequent and intermittent PD, almost as if our principal at times randomly remembered she was required by the state to host such meetings. Again, our principal farmed out that responsibility to the coaches as much as she could, and they made us participate in humiliating hoopla like their photo scavenger hunts. We were divvied into teams and given a list of assignments like appear in a photo where all of us are mid-jump, appear in a photo where all of us are spelling out a word with our bodies, appear in a photo where all of us are crowded into a small space, and appear in a photo where all of us are planking. Yes, planking, the viral craze from 11 years ago. Is there a job in America not hell-bent on embarrassing its workers into submission? I just want to teach students and afford food and shelter. My face in those photos could not be understood any other way. Predictably, our social media conscious principal plastered our embarrassment all over the internet as evidence of her happy campus. She frequently used the morning announcements to speak to an anonymous student or students trolling her through a school parody account and warned that she was using her FBI channels to close in on them. None of us would have even known about this school parody account were it not for her constant free advertising. These obnoxious interruptions to my otherwise pleasant routine came about more frequently in academic block four. Period one was still my favorite class of the day. For block four, my day started with the sophomores who were randomly selected for my journalism class instead of the other elective courses available like art or personal finance. 
While I did create a syllabus that paralleled my early college journalism classes, I quickly realized some magic was going to be lost in that I couldn't send students out into the community. In college journalism, our professors would tee up an assignment and send us out into the world on our own to talk to sources, request documents, and report real news. In high school journalism, all I could do was tee up an assignment and then tell the students to interview each other. Still, some sophomores took the assignment seriously and produced many quality articles. In an early assignment, I asked students to interview five peers for their greatest sports accomplishments and then write feature stories about the sum of our school's athletic ability. I answered predictable complaining from my students who chimed in that they hated sports with a wide definition that included any activity that promoted movement, training, or exercise, including walking and video games. Just make the prompt fit your needs, kids. Interviewing me or Miss Canosa was also fair game. By creating weekly writing assignments and gradually increasing the word count, I was able to peel back weeks of high school journalism largely stress-free. Period two was hell on earth. Strike two. The second run against my long-term interest in teaching at Fox High School was the freshman English class I taught full of repeaters, or students from any cohort that never received credit either for failing or just not attending school. I had an enormous group of boys who more enjoyed showing me videos on their phones of them fighting after school than doing anything that resembled schoolwork. Perplexingly, they all sought my approval in every conceivable way other than just sitting and committing to some semblance of education. One of the more dangerous of the troublemakers, a student who spoke very little English and almost never stopped talking about sex, money, drugs, and weapons, shared a couple nice videos of himself singing in Spanish. If I got tough and asked troublemaker to move his seat, he always complied and then apologized later for disrupting my class. He wanted me to like him, just not through reading, writing, and listening. I had a significant group of girls who told me they weren't interested in school because their beauty would pay the bills. I'm not paraphrasing here or paraphrasing their words through some lens of cultural misogyny either. They actually said shit like that and wrote about it in their journals too. I'm too pretty to do this or beautiful girls like me don't have to worry about the future. My students always look like children and as far removed from sexual objects as possible, but this focused commentary on why education for them was redundant left me wanting to scream on more than a few occasions, you are not pretty enough for this plan. A girl who thought very highly of her own looks always painted her face white like a clown or vampire, and nobody ever said anything to her. I once asked Miss Canosa why our student might be doing this, and Miss Canosa offered that makeup doesn't look the same between putting it on and leaving the house, and probably doesn't look as awkward when she takes selfies with filters. I legitimately hated second period and would often dread coming to campus in the mornings because of my repeater's buffoonery. Period three, after a lunch I spent recovering from period two, was journalism again, except with freshmen. While my material was the same, the freshmen didn't take to it as well as the sophomores did. They complained more about the weekly writing assignments, spent entire periods socializing instead of working, and turned in far inferior work. Still, two journalism classes sandwiching around that rotten English class did make my whole day taste better. 
I enjoyed talking about law of the press, how journalism is or should be the safety net for a free society, and building my students up as journalists, not journalism students. I would forever tell them that a free press means the government can't license or credential journalists in any way, and that them saying they are journalists makes it true. Two freshman girls were moved enough to start their own blog and podcast, and I couldn't be prouder. I tried a couple weeks of telling a few students who hated writing that they were now our room's editors and only needed to help other students and then ultimately turn in an assembled newspaper of everyone's work. That went about as well as expected. However, I did smile over two students from different journalism classes, both independent of each other, deciding to name their iteration of the paper the Beaner News and the Beaner Times. Of course, the students selecting this culturally insensitive name ensured I wouldn't have anything worthwhile to show the principal or curriculum coaches if they ever asked me what the fuck I made the journalism students do all block. I guess I could have asked my students to rename their papers, but who am I as a middle-aged white man to comment on what my teenage Mexican students call their own practice publications? When I began running out of fresh journalism material, limited by the confines of our room, Ms. Canosa stepped up with worldwide examples of how journalism works across the Asian world. We particularly studied the corrupt Marcos dynasty, known for punishing and torturing journalists who exposed the family's exploitation of the Philippines. All in all, I think we gave Fox High School the ability to really boast about its journalism curriculum. The school year was almost over when I finally met face-to-face -face with the principal for the first time. And strike three, the third run against my long-term interest in teaching at Fox High School was when our principal gaslighted the fuck out of me. The only reason she wanted to meet with me was after the principal at another school gave her a courtesy heads up that I scheduled an interview with them to possibly teach middle school computer science next year. Side note, I canceled that interview over this monumental breach of trust. Warning my current employer? What the actual fuck? Anyway, my principal caught wind of my treachery and dispatched the QAnon coach to babysit my classroom while I sat with her. That's how urgently she wanted to address or redress me. She asked what the hell I was thinking sneaking behind her back, and I casually told her while I mostly enjoyed my job and our school, I was frustrated that a person I don't respect, who also occupies a linear status to me, is responsible for my performance evaluations instead of her, my actual boss, and also frustrated with my repeaters and the general chaos from roaming groups of unsupervised students on campus between dismissal and the availability of their parents. I could tell the principal was seething as she spoke through her teeth that I am the common denominator in my unhappiness. She said if I always did a fantastic job, then I wouldn't care who was responsible for my instructional observations. And if I didn't make my classroom available after hours, then the wandering hordes would just disperse like they're supposed to do after school. Um, far as I can tell, I've only been here since Christmas, and that problem predates me. Since our principal, whose desk had a cutesy sign saying, I'm not bossy, I'm the boss, decided to fucking gaslight me, I calmly told her I'm committed to rocking the end of this year, but then I'm gone. From that point forward, her attitude toward me changed from, you really saved our asses, to, why can't you do anything right? So I got comfy and phoned in the remaining couple of weeks. Graduation was okay. 
I was required to go, even though I only knew the freshmen and a smattering of sophomores. Fair enough, because everybody had to go. But we were given make-believe jobs such as sound check and mass shooter supervision. Actually, and unfortunately, the latter was suddenly meaningful after recent national events struck during the concluding week of the school year. Ms. Canosa and I said goodbye to our classes the second to last week of May 2022 and then enjoyed a three-day memorial weekend before that conscription to return for a final day of rehearsal and graduation. The principal really wanted to break a stigma she perceived that charter schools were for losers and underachievers, so she called herself the master of ceremonies and described all the awards our students earned in excruciating detail. The awkward unintended consequence was that she shone the spotlight on the same five highly achieving students over and over and over, while most of the students just sat there and waited her out. I was alarmed by how many graduating seniors were headed into the military and remembered a friend who graduated with me in 2001. He spent the back half of our year bragging that his recruiter said he was headed for training in Hawaii, but then September 11th happened within four months of our diplomas and he got shipped off to Afghanistan instead. I bumped into him at the grocery store before he left and while I was just renting a movie, Grocery stores used to rent movies. He was scared shitless for his life. You never know what's going to happen. That's why those fucking Texas police officers and sheriff deputies who stood around and did nothing while the elementary class in their care got mowed down are so infuriating and beyond redemption. That's the job, assholes. You signed up and got paid to run in and take bullets to save lives. Or so we thought. Policing in America has spoiled into something dangerous that no longer represents the public interest. Our principal invited a guest speaker from the city council who made the most cringy statement that our graduates needed to celebrate their accomplishment tonight for the Uvalde students who after this week won't ever graduate. Depressing U.S. news and poor taste loomed over graduation night. I fulfilled my final obligation to help pick up the music hall, then slipped out a side entrance without saying goodbye to anybody. I was hungry, and Taco Bell brought back its Mexican pizza just in time for me to give up on teaching forever. It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, bestifyoudon't.com.